0: Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life: books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dogeared Books in Ames, Iowa. First give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy.
1: All right, this week we don't have the big bottle of champagne.
0: We have the minis mum Napa brute prestige that you can buy from our beverage fridge exactly and then you can walk around the store and drink bubbles method by traditional
1: (laughs) signature sparkling wine elegant aromas of fruit and vanilla with hints of toast and honey and that's what ellen and i are drinking and today amanda is not here ellen you want
0: to share who we have we have amy with us the i don't know what's the famous amy
1: she is the famous amy she is the
0: famous amy if you've been in the store you've met her and she's been with us since before we were open Mm -hmm. i like the
2: excitement in your voice when you said my name too i appreciate that amy amy (laughs) amy and amy is not a
1: champers person. So am,
2: what are you drinking? Today? So I am still representing um, bubbles, but it is <laughs> going to be beer. So I have Bell's Amber Ale this morning from Comstock, Michigan. I am an Amber Ale lover. Um, I sneeze when I drink wines. I have a a fruit and vegetable intolerance. So I have found that beer is just fine. So this is exciting this morning.
0: I have a fruit and vegetable intolerance, too.
2: (laughs)
1: More like I'd rather have chocolate.
0: Um, We've got two bottles to pop today. I I enjoy an amber ale, too. Amanda's not a beer drinker. I do like beer. Um, I love craft beer. I probably drink beer more at home than I drink wine. But, you know, we support your bubble choice. We are egalitarian Mm -hmm. like that on Books and Bubbles or Bubbles and Books, whatever this podcast is called.
2: I'm hearing some nice (laughs) diversity in your beverages. That's great.
0: We aim aim to be representative. Okay. Um, What's everybody reading right now? Amy, I know um, earlier this week, you told me you were reading like five books and one of them was about bats, but what are you reading now?
2: All right. We'll start off with that bat one. Um, I am reading The Secret Lives of Bats. Um, This is a nonfiction book by Merlin Tuttle. Uh, I grew up with a father who loved nature and bats. My dad, who is no longer living, has still left bats, though, for me in this world to learn to appreciate. So that is my goal. Um, I am trying to learn to appreciate. I am trying to learn to love bats and I am learning a lot so that's one of the books I'm reading. Do you feel your affection for them growing? They are very very cute. Tonby
0: calls them I think flying puppies. So if you saw like a bat flying around your house it wouldn't you would you would probably be like would, would you be like oh my god get this bat out of here or would you be like I love you bat but I'm gonna take you out to the wild. <laughs> um, because I know which I would be <laughs> so
2: if it is in my house I would like to think I would say oh that's unfortunate you're here we're gonna take you out <laughs> I I think I might be quite scared rabies is one of my fears I think so, that's legitimate so yeah so I anyway wimp week wimp. Rachel, but I'm not
1: scared of rabies <laughs> I grow some skin get a little tough <laughs> I I am
2: out to uh convince people that bats are actually helping us they're killing about a 1000 mosquitoes and other insects per hour. So that oh, is a real gets, positive. That's a bless. Yeah. Um in stranger things I haven't been real pleased that they are showing bats in a negative <laughs> light but um anyway so you should th- write an email. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and recommend this book. <laughs>
2: so that is one of the books I'm reading. I've also got a poetry book going right now. It's by James Cruz. It's How to Love the World, and they're poems of gratitude and hope. Um, I love this poetry book because they are many, many authors. So when I say it's by James Cruz, he's the editor, and um, it's they're just delightful. They're unique. Um, lots of different perspectives. Another book I have going right now is Emily St. John Mandel's The Glass Hotel. I read Station Eleven years ago, and now that Sea of Tranquility is out, I thought I need to get my Glass Hotel read. I started listening to it on audiobook. It is so good. Mm. I stopped and I purchased the book. That's one I want to have. The... Last one I'm currently reading is Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. One of my goals this year is to make sure I read enough classics. And sort of in honor of Juneteenth, I decided that was one of the books I was going to start reading.
1: I think Ava just read that
0: one, too. Okay, Have you read Um, it before? I have not. So I have, but it's been, you know, years, like since college, I think Mm -hmm. was probably when I read it last. That would be a good reread, I think. Mm -hmm. So it'll be my first one cool well picking up on Emily St. John Mandel I am reading Sea of Tranquility I nice. also love The Glass Hotel I think she is a remarkable storyteller and there's something about her she, her writing has a very unique quality it's I, I can't quite describe it it's beautiful writing it's not pretentious writing mm-hmm. uh, and it's so original Like, the way that she chooses to tell the stories that she's telling is really original. So Sea of Tranquility um, has some sort of Glass Hotel references. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have read The Glass Hotel to read Sea of Tranquility. Um, But it's... it. It reminds me a little bit of some of these other books that have come out, like Cloud Cuckoo Land and How High We Go in the Dark, and that it spans sort of centuries, and you've got different characters living in different times, and their stories are somehow connected. So in this one, you've got... I'm like halfway through, so I think these are the three main characters. Um, I don't think there's going to be any more. Uh, One is... Uh, Edwin St. Andrew and he his story takes place in the 1800s and the center of this story is like western Canada uh, like western coast of Canada cool. and um, he <laughs> is British and he's been in his view exiled from the the wealthy British uh-huh. family because he holds views about British colonialism that he brought up at a dinner party and it was not appreciated and so He's like living on the family allowance and they're like, don't come back here. And he's just, he's kind of a lazy guy, but he's in this tiny town in Canada. He goes wandering into the woods. He's drawn to this maple tree and something really weird happens. Like he starts to hear some weird noises, like a, like a violin. He kind of blacks out and then he comes to, and he's on the beach and he's like, what the hell just happened? Oh, nice. Okay, So that's one story. And then this, there was this priest who saw it happen who kind of like Priest Roberts who's like asking him all these questions and Edwin's like you're a super sketch. Okay. So that's one story. Another story takes place in 2020 and it's Mirella is the character and she is um, widowed and she had so her husband had gotten lost all his money in a Ponzi scheme that was perpetrated by like their best friends, couple, a couple. Okay. And so she's been like estranged from the wife, like, so the buddy wife, I guess you could say Vincent is her name for a number of years. And she's kind of ready. She's she's starting to realize that maybe Vincent didn't know the scope of what was occurring and maybe she should try to reconnect with her. And she can't find her anywhere. Like she can't locate her on social media, but she knows her brother is this like weird ass, like fringe filmmaker. So she tracks him down, goes to one of his shows. And he's like, here's a video that my dead sister made. And this is some music that I'm gonna put to it. So she finds out Vincent is dead, but the video is of Vincent under this maple tree and weird glitchy things start to happen. Okay, so there's, that's a story. And then the third story is Olive, and this is in the future, like 2,200 and something. She lives on a colony on the moon, but she's hanging out on earth because she wrote this pandemic novel, and that's huge, and she's doing book signings, and she's traveling around. And that maple tree and those sounds under the tree play a part in the book that she wrote. And so these, I don't know what all is happening, but there's this connection, um, And it's just it's so fun to read. Fascinating. Yeah. That's my kind of book. And it you know it it goes between characters so you're like uh you know I have to Mm -hmm. read till I get back to that one because you want to know how their story continues. Um, But yeah and it's super fast like I started it yesterday and I'm more than halfway done.
2: Yeah it's not a very long
1: book. It's a short
0: book and it's just like a quality writing. Yeah yep. What are you reading Ray Ray?
1: So I just finished Two books yesterday, and then I'm barely (laughs) ragger. Well, to be fair, one was um the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. So if you've read that, that's like picture book, basically. But it's it's great. It's I've not read it, but I've beautiful. It It is so beautiful. Um, and then yesterday I read the secret bridesmaid all day at the pool. I read almost four hundred pages, and. I was in tears from laughing. Like I was laughing for a good five minutes straight, just over the most (laughs) ridiculous scenes. And so in that one, this woman is basically a professional bridesmaid. So um, uh, brides or grooms or both couples um, will hire her to be their bridesmaid because the stress of planning a wedding is too much, but they don't want a wedding planner because then they're still not in control. So she is kind of like, the buffer that helps with things to really make it so that the um, bride or groom
0: are getting what they want. So so is this like the job of a bridesmaid? So
1: Essentially, but more. It's
0: beyond that. Because I've been a bridesmaid and I didn't do jack shit. They didn't no, show did any responsibilities. I wore the dress I was told to wear. No,
1: so she's <laughs> like, she's like organizing. So this is set in England. So the hen do. So that's like the bachelorette party is what they call them. Okay. Um, she organizes different um like caters anything that anybody could ever want for in the wedding. So, okay. and then if like a family member, for example, wants if this was a moment just learned to play the accordion and wants to play it for them as they walk down the aisle and it's, my heart will go on. Um, she <laughs> helps figure out how to nicely be like, mm, that's not happening, but make it. So this is the conflict in the story. No, like, that's okay. not.
0: Uh, Cause that would have been amazing to build a story about. Right. That. And just a, just a brief digression. Uh, Rachel has agreed that if she gets married, I can officiate. But now I'm wondering, can I also learn no. to play? My heart will go on <laughs> oh, because no. I will do it for no. you. So dumb, absolutely. Okay, not. If I take it upon myself to learn it, will you grant me permission to play it? Maybe at the reception. We can we can continue this conversation <laughs> later.
1: Okay, go on. Anyways, so she has lots of weddings throughout the year, and then she has a former mother of the bride caller, and was like, well, I have a friend that really would need your services. And it turns out it's like this high to do lady um, Cordelia and she is a pain in the ass bride. And she's just very um, hard on the outside, like very hard shell, um, but there's definitely more to her. So it's like, the most ridiculous of ridiculous scenarios because her mom hired her and cordelia's like i don't need this chick like you're buying a friend for me basically like this is ridiculous and like (laughs) just some of the things that cordelia cordelia puts her through to make her quit but she doesn't is just beyond insane like she's like i want 20 swans to walk down the aisle in front of me so then she's like but no it gets better so then she's like uh meet at this park at 9 a.m. wear a red, like wear a colorful scarf. And she's like, okay, read. And so this guy's like, oh, you're blah, blah, blah. Here you're you need to train the swans. So he like convinces her to put on these waiters and he's teaching her how to call for the swans. Well, he's an actor and she like paid. She's just trying to really like fuck with this girl a lot. But um, so wow. it was one of the best books I've read recently, and I was laughing my ass off <laughs> the entire time. But I'm starting today, Carrie Soto is Back by taylor jenkins mm-hmm. reed it is an advanced copy so it's not out yet but i
0: think it releases late august early september I somewhere in there, it, somewhere right there. Now.
1: it comes out
0: so carrie soto is sort of a you meet her in malibu Rising. yeah she's sort of a peripheral character character in malibu rising it comes out august 30th of this year so coming up
1: yeah, yeah. so i'm really excited for it because i adored malibu rising and she was kind of um a character that you meet and you're like, do we like her or do we think she's insane? Like what is going on? So yeah, that's my current reads. Awesome. Fantastic.
0: Okay. So our conversation today is about how Amy likes really fucked up stuff in her books. And there is this whole segment of the population that likes to read really screwed up things. And I have a theory about these people, but I think you are an excellent you know, demonstration of, you know, example of this theory is that the kinder, the more nice, the more sunny, the person, the more fucked up shit they like. Yes. Because you are like the nicest person. And I have to tell this, I have to tell this story so that people know Amy and why it's extra, why my theory is correct. Extra is right. Why my theory is correct. So Amy, do you want to tell us about your um, TikTok handle? (laughs) <laughs> okay so so Amy's like the only person that this would happen to and be actually really completely innocent about it
2: I was going along just fine until it was brought to my attention that maybe I didn't have the best uh, or appropriate name on TikTok so the story is um well let me also say that at age 52 uh technology is a foreign language for me most of the time and I had finished Tiffany Haddish's book, The Last Black Unicorn. That coincided with when I was starting to watch a little bit of TikTok and you had to have a username if you were going to save some of the videos. So Tiffany Haddish says she ready in her book many times. So I chose that because that was fresh on my mind. Well, that was taken. And you're
0: like ready to go. I'm ready to go.
2: Is she ready for most anything, good or bad. We'll right. figure it out. And then because that was taken, I just added my birth year. <laughs> Went three years, I think. Had zero <laughs> followers. Wasn't an issue. I was showing my um, one of my children and my husband a video, and they said, your username oh My word, and I said, What? It's <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, and they said, Your birth year, or no, I said it was my birth year. So, as you can imagine, um, you uh, she ready 69 <laughs> has, has taken a few people for a loop. I actually think I have three followers now, um, since that came out after this, but it was very innocent, and they're going to be very bored because I don't post anything,
0: but so that. So this is a- Amy. She's a darling. She's like the nicest person ever, but she reads such screwed up stuff. And when I've been, you know, when I talk to people in the store, when I've been out, like giving, I, we gave a talk to um, an Iowa State class and I had a couple people come up to me afterwards and they were like, do you carry screwed up stuff? I'm like, yeah, I do. And I got this bookseller who can hook you up. <laughs> um, so, so there is a there are a lot of people who like to read, you know, kind of gory or you know fuck with your brain kinds of things and you're one of those people so tell me about that how'd you get into this what kinds of stuff do you do you like you know what do you like about it and like are there some specific books and authors that you're into absolutely okay
2: I want to dispel the myth that sick and twisted books are a bad thing because Um, And let me take you back. Growing up, I had parents that exposed us to any movie, any TV show, any stage production. Nothing was off limits. You saw it. You talked about it. And my very first movie memory was going to see One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Mm. at age nine. There's some heavy themes in that. Uh, Nurse Ratchet. She's a evil villain. Um, and we talked about it and it made such an impression on me. When I was 10, I saw the shining that was rated R. My parents took me, they never apologized. I had older brothers and we talked about it. And so to me, it was never, uh, thought of as a bad thing. It was, uh, an experience and I, uh, I felt very comfortable with that. So then jump ahead to, a uh, middle school, I think it was, or, uh, late elementary Lois Duncan books were coming out, uh, killing Mr. Griffin. I know oh, what yeah. you did last summer. Those books, when I read them, I'm like, Oh, this is fascinating. This is intense. This is bad. Bad stuff <laughs> is happening. What's going to, how are they going to figure this out? How are they going to resolve it? Um, then again, in high school, I think, uh, Uh, Mary Higgins Clark. Yes. Um, Those books were coming out and those had a little bit more of an element of psychological uh, suspense and a little bit deeper meteor than just a typical traditional mystery. Yeah. So Then I went a lot of years where I was still watching a lot of movies, television shows with what I call really excellent storytelling with some suspense, mystery, psychological component. Um, And it was sort of in 2016, J.D. Barker came out with The Fourth Monkey. I unintentionally read that. Um, because oh, we were like free. halfway
0: through, and you were like, "Oh, what? Oh, I, what's what, what is this? I've been doing for the last I, I unintentionally <laughs> because it was
2: free on Kindle. I've been reading this <laughs> for three hours. What? <laughs> and I also let me say, I read a lot of historical fiction, uh, enjoy literary fiction, bio memoirs, are, are well-rounded nonfiction, reader. but my love, my greatest love, is a well-written suspense thriller. Um, But when I read J.D. Barker's Fourth Monkey, um, I was at home with four children, um, pretty traditional life, and it was an exciting delve again into that genre. Um, And what was unique about J.D.'s and that timing was um, you get used to those tropes and mysteries where, you you know, you kind of expect what's going to happen in this thriller. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's about a serial killer and the serial killer you learn right away, has died. Okay. And that got my attention. The serial killer has died. That is unusual. So usually your book is going to be trying to track down the serial killer. And the serial killer has left a diary. And so the protagonist, Sam Porter, is trying to figure out through the diary what the next move was for that serial killer because there still may be victims
0: that are alive. so
2: that caught my attention so So that was
0: i will i will say that you have sold a shit ton of that book in this store that is one of our best-selling books
2: there are other sick and twisted readers out there there are
0: and it's it's like the first in a trilogy
2: um it is there there is also a follow-up continuing the four monkey killer theme called the fifth to die and then the sixth wicked child each of them can be read alone standalone books, but, um, I would not recommend that. I would recommend starting with the fourth monkey, but, um, one of our booksellers after they read the fourth monkey, um, was thought it was very disturbing, which is fair. It does have some graphic (laughs) violence in it. But, um, when I asked what was disturbing for them, they said that it was the stuff that the serial killer saw when he was a child for me. I appreciated the realistic viewpoint of, yeah, there are children and adults that have had bad experiences. That actually made me made me empathize more with um, the serial killer because he did not have a normal childhood. and then the mind games that were played on him shaped how he turned out to be as an adult. Um, but I, I feel like well written, mysteries thrillers um it's what i would call kind of an uncomfortable pleasure because it's a good way of
0: describing it
2: if you want to be really scared in life turn on the news you turn on the news look at your computer see the headlines that's scary shit yeah but if you read a book with some darker themes or some scary suspenseful themes that's a controlled environment. Mm,
0: it's a good point. So you can like really explore those mm-hmm. dark things, but it, it's safe because it's fiction.
2: Absolutely. So I feel like um, a lot of empathetic people actually enjoy these kind of books because um, if you have a moral compass. You are looking at the the characters, trying to figure out, oh, where where did they get off? Where is this morally ambiguous person heading? How as we as the heroes or the protagonists in the novel, how are we gonna solve it? Um, how can we do what is best for um whether it's society or the family in the, the story? Um based on our values and uh how can we help redeem and create justice
0: wow look to you so i'm gonna read um a text i got from my friend who she lives in um, iowa city north liberty if we're being technical and you sold her the fourth monkey when she was in here (laughs) and she sent me a text okay I'm obsessed with the fourth monkey. I can't remember the name of the woman that recommended it to me. It was you. But let her know she was right. It's demented and awesome. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, you hand sell that book a lot, and then people will come back in, and they want the other books in the the series. But I do think it's interesting. I I agree with you. And there's one thing that sort of fascinates me is that there's not painting in broad strokes here Mm -hmm. right but generally speaking the true crime genre Mm -hmm. um it's very much like i think the fan base there is largely female and so Mm -hmm. and even like when we're selling like mysteries and thrillers i find that that is largely the case so i think there's probably a lot you could explore there and like why women are attracted to S- stories like that right
2: and you know i want to clarify i will watch horror movies and i will read some horror but um it has to be an in, uh, intentional and not just gratuitous um my preference is actually not having any gore, horror horror although uh, i look at some of that um i was on a cadaver dissecting team in college so the human body you know there's not too much you can say that's going to to scare me about that as well but um, I think as long as it's not gratuitous and there's a lot of lessons about how we can cope with unfortunate things by living vicariously through these characters
0: well yeah and you think a lot you know a lot of these people who um, you know I used to be a juvenile court liaison. I'm married to a prosecutor. And, you know, people do really evil and fucked up things. And most of the time, there are, they have not had a great hand out to them. Doesn't justify what they did. Doesn't mean there shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. you know, appropriate accountability. But it is interesting to think about what we're what, what is that person's story? Like, how, how did they arrive to this place where they ha- don't have this moral compass or where they're able to inflict such harm and not.
2: Yeah. The the study you know, of human behavior is just endlessly fascinating. Yeah. And I feel like that genre can really delve into
0: that. Yeah. It is. It is um, it's kind of fascinating stuff. I agree. It's, I can't do gore though. I, This book is not a horror book, but I Mm -hmm. was reading this book that I've talked about on the podcast, The Seaplane on Mm -hmm. Final Approach. Loved it. But I was reading it while getting a pedicure. (laughs) I knew was in desperate need (laughs) of a pedicure, okay? It was my day off. Yeah. So I was reading it while I was getting a pedicure the other day. And there is a scene in it that involves some, you know, a great deal of blood, okay? And... I shit, you not I called Amanda right after I left the picture I was like I straight up almost fainted in that chair. Like I had to put the book down, like I was seeing stars. I told the guy, I was like, um, I don't feel so good. And I just like leaned back in the chair, and closed my eyes, and I was like, please don't faint, please don't faint. And I didn't faint, but I got real close.
2: I got real close. Great example. I'm of so queasy. Creating a visceral experience for reading.
0: It's <laughs> wonderful. Maybe I, I, and it hit me so fast too, because usually if I hit a scene like that, I get queasy reading bloody stuff. I always have. Yeah. I'll just sort of skim through it. So I really hadn't like read it in much depth. It was like, it hit me right away, but it was like beyond what I would yeah. normally feel like I thought I was going to pass out. Mm. I thought about calling my husband and tell him to come get me. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can drive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so screwed up. And when Holden, my youngest was, I don't know, maybe six months I took him to get, you know, his vaccinations and, um, they they poked him in in like a vein and there was not a not an extreme amount of blood but like there was blood and the poor baby is screaming but I'm like white as a sheet and so the doctor's like you need to lie down on this table Aww. like I'm at the pediatricians yeah. I'm lying on the table <laughs> they're bringing me water and <laughs> like <laughs> such a whim oh. but I like the psychological yeah. stuff too I don't like gratuitous violence it has yeah. to make sense but. Um, Silence of the Lambs. That was a great,
2: great story. Storytelling with, okay, that did have some gore in it, didn't it? But see, I almost forget some of the gore because I'm so enamored with the wonderful presentation of the villain and trying to get into his mind and understand how you're going to combat that. Hannibal didn't have good values or things. <laughs> he didn't value what I value. I mean, I think we should put that on a shirt. Hannibal yeah. didn't yeah, have good, good values. <laughs> oh, and today, speaking of
0: oh, speaking not of values. good values,
2: I have my Blue Cat Lodge shirt on. I wonder if any listeners are, are thinking get you know, the what, reference. Get the reference. Uh, yesterday, I had on um, my Lazy O Motel shirt. Is this triggering any any thoughts about TV series right now? There's the Missouri Bell Casino. I didn't buy that shirt. The Lickety <laughs> Splits. Um, these are for the Ozark fans out there, which Jason Bateman oh, yeah. is a you, little bit we, my we, celebrity we, we, we've, crush. We've
0: talked about him. He, oh, yeah. I t- would totally hook up with Jason Bateman. <laughs> but... <laughs> After Joel Kinnaman. Well, Joel Kinnaman is always first. Yes, he's always Actually, first. Actually, I saw... What pre- about Taylor Hansen? Joel Kinnaman is first. I was watching, uh, I don't know, Hulu or something last night or the yeah. night before, and there was a preview of, like, a Joel Kinnaman show. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember what it was called, but he came on the screen, and I was sitting right next to my husband, I was like, oh my oh god, god. Tyler is Joel! <laughs> <laughs> was he, he as excited as you no, were? No, he wasn't. He just kind of rolled his eyes. Okay. But, you know, he, he accepts it. I told him he could hook up with Sama Hayek all he wants. Okay? That's fair. I think that's fair. Give and take. Give and take. (laughs) Yes, thank you. That's what makes a successful marriage. I get to sleep with Joel Kinnaman. You get to sleep with Salma Hayek. And we don't hold it against each other. That's like Jordan and I went to
1: see Top Gun recently.
0: Oh, if you tell me you want to sleep with Tom Cruise, you are fired. Yeah. This podcast will be over. We cannot, Rachel. We cannot with that. (laughs) But go on.
1: Uh...
0: That's what you were gonna uh, oh say. No! no.
1: Ew! <laughs> I totally didn't even hear what you said. Okay, you tell us your story. Were you
0: gonna say that you wanna sleep with Tom Cruise? Ugh. Okay,
1: thank you. God,
0: God, no! Good, I was worried I'd have to fire
1: you. We were scared. We oh, no. Now you're making me plank on his name. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Which character? The, what did he The son of Goose.
2: Oh, Miles Tull? Tull- Miles Tull- okay. oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was okay. like, oh, I
1: love him so much. Yeah, and he's then he's we good. were watching the Obi-Wan series on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, man, I had such a huge crush when I was younger on Hayden Christensen because he oh, plays uh, Anakin. And he's like,
0: Used you, to. I was
1: like, you're right. I still do. Did you do. Ever see
0: him in, I think it's called Life is a House?
1: No, but have you seen him in Drumper?
0: He's just hot. He's hot. Oh my He's God. He's very hot. Hayden Christensen is hot for sure. And then
1: he was with Rachel Bilson forever and they made the cutest little girl and her name is um, Briar Rose. Oh. Like. <laughs> Like Aurora, Sleepy Beauty. Okay. Aurora. I, I was hoping it was Alan. Why would that? Why? Let's go
2: back to Miles Sellers. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I have
1: loved him since Footloose. Just foot want to say The foot footloose. footloose. Have you seen Whiplash? Yes. Oh, that's Incredible. a great movie.
0: Incredible. I don't remember him being want, in that. He's, he's the lead. Wait, I, watched wait, that. Wait. I watched that on an airplane. Is that? Yeah. Um, maybe yes. I'm thinking the, of
1: something different. He's a drummer? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, that's a fantastic it's, it's intense. He was in it's some intense. movies with Zach Efron, and I was like, God, oh, that's too much in one movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so much hotness.
1: Okay. I don't do horror. You guys keep talking I, I about can, all these horror books, and I'm I like, don't, the max that I can do is, like, YA thriller, and even then, I have a before seven rule, because I cannot yeah. read anything that's gonna stick with me in my dreams after seven o'clock i need time to have a buffer and those I, books would just like, i think i'm more into up.
0: like the psychological stuff than mm. like straight up horror I, yeah very, i don't mind the twisty thriller
1: but even then i can't adult is too horror, much for me
0: some horror I, I i have read some horror that i liked but as you know the fainting at the you know yeah, salon that nail that salon sounds right. but, um i can't stomach a lot of it i no. want to be
2: clear that Horror for book reading isn't what the direction
1: I would lead. Well, thriller then even like I I struggle with thriller. Like if unless it's like YA thriller, that's more mellow. I mean, even that is pretty intense sometimes, but it's not as like I like a good intense. And
2: I know each of our experiences growing up. You know, I've explained how I my upbringing has kind of shaped my reading and tv watching i did show our kids when they were younger benji the dog the sweet little disney i think it was disney dog show when i
1: was a kid we're going to say old yeller can i I tell you
2: talk about rabies (laughs) can i I tell you how violent benji was what (laughs) it was g so i thought this is going to be a sweet little harmless movie it was mother's day (laughs) benji's girlfriend this other dog um (laughs) gets kidnapped the children get bound and gagged by these kidnappers and a gun held to them so it talk was about G. traumatic <laughs> to me that's just, it was a different time G. when that so, movie came out it was a different <laughs> you time can't always tell but um like i'm hoping there's some readers gummy. out there that look at the thriller genre a little differently it's acclimating yourself to um getting some safe practice for how you handle things can i tell you another completely random story yes always. about please do this can is- you
0: start it with ladies.
2: listen ladies <laughs> do you want to hear a conversation a real conversation we had in my home yes one day my dad said uh what are you going to do if you're sitting in your car? I was probably 13. He said, what are you going to do if you're sitting in a car and a carjacker gets into it? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm panicking. He said, you put it in reverse and you hit the gas yep. and you wreck your car at the grocery store, wherever you're at. And I remember thinking, I have permission from my dad to wreck the car this is great this is a great conversation so this is an example of you talk about everything that can happen in life you're prepared meanwhile worst case scenarios i'm
1: afraid someone's going to hide underneath my car slice my Achilles tendons you're down. You can't, when yep. those are down, you're that's down. bad. Wow. And that's, so it's that like, seems like a, at night, I do like those, little, like a lot of effort. I do on the this, like, little faraway junk thing to get yeah. in my car. Good. See, you're prepared. But we are in Iowa. And the best thing about that is, it's like in the winter, <laughs> in the summer, you don't need to worry about checking that backseat because they're either frozen to death <laughs> or cooked. I mean, that would be a very true. motivated,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: bad person.
0: But I do, you know, I think, you know, women live a little bit in this. State of fear, you know, like we sort of know in our mind that. You yeah, know, tell me how
1: many men have had to think about the ways to get into a car <laughs> and how to handle being, you know, kidnapped or held at gunpoint or knife point right. or whatever. So uh, yeah, come talk to me
0: then. And in, in talking about some like, like, my husband and I were talking about about criminals like murderers the other day, and I was like, you cannot tell me that women are the more emotional ones. We're not right. going out murdering a bunch of people. No we are kidding. not the emotional We are gentle ones. at heart. But I think because we know that the possibility of victimhood is there, mm-hmm. that we sometimes consuming this this type of material almost makes it a little bit more, you like fortify yourself a little bit. Like, I wonder if that is part of it. So... Yeah it's, yeah it's 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 well, unfortunate we have to taught. have those conversations we're we're i mean i remember that. getting you know pissed off at my parents because they would like whenever i was granted like a new privilege my brother david mm-hmm. who's like 18 months younger than i am would get it too and i'm like that is not fair i am 18 months older and i had to <laughs> i had to wage the war for this privilege he did nothing also i'm a hell of a lot more responsible and I remember my dad say saying to me one time, and he was like, "I know this doesn't seem fair, but like, you're a girl. (laughs) Like, we worry about you more. Mm -hmm. Like, when we send you around the world, we worry about you more. Not, we're not worried about your judgment. We're not worried about like, you know, your nature. Yeah, and you know." Anyway, I don't know we could talk about that. We but did. Now, okay, so one last dark. thing.
2: <laughs> you take a thriller book, think of it as a stress ball that when you're feeling wound up, you read that book. It's like squeezing your stress ball. And then you get that release. So you're stressed as you're reading. You're trying to figure out mm. what's going to happen in the story. And then the release, when usually... Um, the killer has been caught yeah. and there's some validation from your hero. Um, justice is back in balance. It feels so good. It's rewarding. It's relaxing and it's fine.
0: Okay. Okay. So if you like the psychological stuff, come in, Amy will talk to you about psychological stuff all, all day long. You do it all the time. All right. Okay. So we've got some new releases coming out this week in paperback that are of interest. The first one is Fox and I by Catherine Raven. So this is a nature memoir. It's been a pretty good seller for us. Um, And Catherine Raven has been a park ranger in national parks for a lot of years. She also has a doctorate degree in biology. And in this book, she writes about this wild fox that she befriended and they formed like an actual friendship. And the more that time that she, and she's not good with people. (laughs) And the more time she spends with this fox, the more she feels like he actually has this complex emotional life and that they are connecting in um, a deeper, in a deep way that it's not just like, oh, he's a cute animal and we're having, you know, like we played these little games together that like, here's this complex being with whom I'm interacting which runs a little counter to some of like her teaching that, you know, like wild animals are that wild animals are maybe don't quite have this sort of nuanced, complex emotional life. So, um, and she's, because she sort of isolated herself from people in this memoir, she sort of describes how this relationship with um, the Fox, who she names Fox, (laughs) um, sort of frees her from some of the things that have been hindering her ability to connect with others. Another uh, nature nonfiction book that's out in paperback and, and another big seller at the store is Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simmer. So, um, she's her TED Talks been viewed like thousands and thousands of times. Um, she grew up in a logging community, so her whole life she's been around this idea of, like, of trees. Um, and in finding the mother tree, she really explores sort of the complex communal life of trees, how they communicate and cooperate with one another, um, and that at the center of these systems is, is the mother tree. And so, uh, again, in nature here you have an organism that has much more complex and rich life than maybe as human beings we ascribe to it. And then, lastly, in paperback, um, "Filthy Animals" by Brandon Taylor, who's been he's been nominated for a number of awards. This book has been nominated for a number of of awards many of oh, our
1: booksellers love his stuff
0: he's an I excellent writer there's there's nothing he can't write anything bad okay? no and he's no, also a graduate of the iowa writers workshop <laughs> um, which is churning out and has for decades uh, wonderful authors some of the best yes and so uh, filthy animals is a novel in stories format so there's sort of this thread through them all but they're but they're separate um and it's really sort of about like Base human appetites, you know, like sort of the dark corners of our <laughs> of our psyches and and what we you want and desire, <laughs> um and also just like the messiness of like being human and interacting with other people. In hardcover, out uh, this week, we have yeah. The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. People are
1: big Riley Sager fans.
0: Yeah, we yeah Riley Sager's pretty big. She's a mystery thriller writer. So this book is about um, a recently widowed actress who's had who's sort of been wrapped up in some scandal, isn't being treated super kindly by the press, and she absconds to the family lake house in Vermont. And nothing bad's gonna happen. No, she does nothing but drink and spy on the neighbors across across the lake. I love that. (laughs) And it's this binoculars, (laughs) yeah. And it's this kind of glamorous couple that live in the house across the lake, and she's she's watching them. And then one day, the woman in that couple, I think Catherine is her name, almost drowns, and the protagonist saves her, and they form this friendship. And then Catherine disappears, and so
1: the protagonist is trying to
0: figure out, like, what happened, and there's more to this couple than maybe meets the eye. Um, We also have Tree Thieves. Another I was wondering if that pun. was a typo. If it was three thieves, no, or it's, it's tree thieves. thieves. And this one sounds really interesting. It's by Lindsay Borgin, and it's it's true crime. And it's about illegal tree poaching. Oh shit! But what she does is she really brings in perspectives from like multiple communities. So tree poachers, indigenous communities, law enforcement, environmental activists, and she really explores in a very nuanced way. The idea of tree poaching and how in conservation efforts we have left out in voice certain voices like particularly rural voices indigenous voices and so there's a whole part of this like you know black market of trees that is a much more complex than someone just cutting down trees they're not supposed to cut down and so i think it sounds really fascinating um I like when writers explore things in that kind of nuanced way. Like, um, it so sounds really good. Um, and books to keep an eye
1: out for, um, that are coming out are La by Atessa Meshethi, which she wrote my year of rest and relaxation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then also Ed Young, uh, an immense world, Um, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner and it's how animal senses shape the world around us in unseen ways. So those are a couple others that might interest you and are on our to watch and read list.
0: Yeah. And in Kids, we have Every Dog in the Neighborhood by Philip Stead, illustrated by Matthew Cordell. Louis wants a dog, but his grandma's like, listen, there's already enough dogs in this neighborhood. And Louie's like, no, you're wrong. And He reaches out to city hall because he wants to get like a finite number. This is how many dogs are in the neighborhood. So he can be like, there's there's not enough dogs. Getting the facts. And they're like, we don't keep track of dogs in your neighborhood. And so Louie and his grandma set set out around the neighborhood to meet all the dogs. And so that is the story. It's super cute. Um, And then another notable in picture book is the world needs more purple schools. This is a follow up to the world needs more purple people. It's by Kristen Bell and Benjamin
1: Hart and it's a really cute one and the Purple People book is really yeah. really cool and cute as well
0: yeah so in the Purple People book it talks about how a purple person is somebody who like um sees the uniqueness in every person and finds a way to connect but also appreciate like what makes somebody unique and different mm-hmm. and special and so this book is like how does that play out in a school like mm-hmm. or in a classroom and what does that look like all right, we have a lot happening at, at the store. What's popping, Bray, Bray, Um,
1: So Wednesday, we have story hour at 10 a.m., and this week it is featuring
0: Ellen. Actually, no, because Wednesday's my day off. Oh, oh no, so. it's Rachel. <laughs> I might be working from home that day, actually. So it is Amanda's
1: responsibility. Mm-hmm. To Amanda! Range. To well, arrange it, you have one day now, so somebody
0: will be there. Chad, okay. oh my god, that would <laughs> yeah, be amazing! You as a know, special. actually, who should do it is Katie.
1: Yeah, that would be a really good one. I'm gonna to send
0: come. uh, Amanda an email to get it coming, but yes, Wednesday, story hour 10 a.m., surprise book selling <laughs> with fake lovey, and then with fake lovey
1: Thursday at 10 a.m., we have Ellen's book club the official dog-eared book club <laughs> and you're reading the sea of, sea of tranquility by emily st john
0: mandel yeah and there's like plenty of time to read this so even though it's a couple days away it's it's not a long book it's a quick read so pick it up come join us
1: and then also on thursday at 8 p.m play for pride trivia it is pride month Woo! Woo! um and we are doing a special trivia event um hundred dollars for a table you have six members on your team you all the proceeds are donated. And it's a fun, specific Pride trivia event. So go to our website. Spots are limited. So get yours now. Um, so you can sign you and your team up.
0: And those proceeds go to
1: Ames Pride. Thank you. I wasn't, totally could not remember if it was Ames Pride. Or <laughs> so we're something. keeping it local.
0: Ames Pride does really wonderful work yep. in our community. Um, and Ames Pride Fast will be in September um, and so this is just a way of supporting the work that they do. Mm-hmm. On Saturday at 4 p.m., we have Good Trouble Book Club. They're reading Amari and the Night Brothers. You By B.B. Can- Alston. And... Those middle schoolers out there, this, we
1: have a lot of our usual crowd is gone this month because of travel and whatnot. Sign your middle schooler up, um, convince, or your middle schooler neighbor, tell them about this. The books have been sponsored through the end of the year. It is no cost for this middle schooler to participate. They get a free copy of the book, thanks to a community member. Can read it and then join um, the conversation. And I'm cont- always continually impressed with this middle school book club. So, Tommy yes. does a really great job with leading it. The kids that attend are fantastic. So, go to the website under book clubs, good trouble, sign up because um, you have to be registered to attend.
2: And the kids that are doing the cheesy reading program can read that book as part of the book club Absolutely. and count it toward their minutes oh, of course, for yeah. reading.
1: Yeah. Um, And then Saturday at seven PM, we have the Between the Covers Book Club, um, and we are reading Something Wilder by Christina Lauren, and it's so good. This is actually our one year anniversary. We had our first book club one year ago this month, where we actually got so cute. and and and
0: serious now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We actually brought in Christina and Lauren
0: um, via Zoom, so it's a really special time for us. So. All right, and then on Sunday at two p.m., Amy's hubby Chad is leading a discussion for Cafe Philosophy, and they will be discussing what is human nature.
1: Ooh, Ooh. thoughts,
0: thoughts, thoughts. Well, Chad does a pretty good job of
2: solving all the world's problems uh-huh. and answering those questions within the hour. So <laughs>
0: he really does. We'll, he gets we'll a find a good turnout so for that as I, well. I love this group. It's a good turnout. It's actually, I think of all of our all of our book clubs, most sort of diverse turnout in terms of you know in a lot of different ways and so it's very interesting to. and it's not
1: even like a book club book club it's just a gathering and there's recommended reading but Mm -hmm. it's just time for an open discussion on like those really open-ended
0: questions yeah and then on Monday at 5 p.m we have women from other worlds they're reading the Priory of the Orange Tree this is we're a little sad about it. Danica's last time leading women sad. from other worlds because she big red. Big red. So she, <laughs> um, Danica has taken a librarian job. We're very happy for her. The book she's club, going to where the aliens are. Yeah, she's going. Yeah, uh, but the book club will continue, mm-hmm. and so please come if you if you've attended in the past. This would be a time to connect. Danica, Pride of the Orange Tree. Um, it's a Thick Boy book, so if you start it now, you probably well, I don't want to say
1: I don't know. I wouldn't be able to get it finished, but start it now and then still come to the discussion because you don't yeah. have to have finished the book to be able to join in. Yep. All right. That that's all we have. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Amy, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Amy. We miss you, Amanda. Get get well. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week.
0: Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books.
1: Follow us at at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the
2: books going.
0: This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>